Well, good afternoon. Remember me? <laughs> I know it's been a while. Well, welcome to Anchored in Hope podcast with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards. I have been gone, of course, for the last uh, two weeks, so it's good to be back with everybody today. Um, it was a great two weeks, um, but I miss uh, doing this with you guys, too. So as we begin Advent this past week, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about is Advent for the first part. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father God, you are our Father, and you are our God. You are not way above, beyond, and distant from all of us. Though you are beyond the whole universe, you delight to be called our Father, and you are so close to us, closer than our breath. Father, as we begin this Advent season, we wait for the coming of your Son, Jesus, knowing that he was born on this earth 2,000 years ago, but we wait for him to come again so that the kingdom of heaven can be established so we can all be truly home forever. Father, put that longing deep inside our hearts for you, for Jesus, and the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, here we go. It's good to see everybody on here. We'll get to the questions at the second half. Again tonight at... Um, 6.30, I'll be speaking at the parish. I don't think we're live streaming it. Uh, they might record it uh, for later on. I'm not, I have no idea, to tell you the truth. Um, but to put on uh, our, uh, our app, you know, in the app. Again, encourage you to sign up for the app. The, um, we just got a bunch of people, and so we're up to like 1,600 subscribers on there. But again, as I talked about uh, three weeks ago, we spend $60,000 a year. So you figure $60,000 divided by 1,600 people is a heck of a lot per person. So we want to get more and more people to use that. Um, and uh, so it's available. It's called Hope TV. And you just go into your app store and you put Hope TV. And you'll see it's ours because it has our uh, logo on it. You know, So it's Jesus in the center, IHS. Um, meaning Jesus, the anchor, it's the red covered in the blood of Jesus. And if we surrender our lives to him, we live forever. And there's the gold circle around it. So you can tell which one is ours. Uh, there isn't any other hope TVs, but sometimes people say, I can't find it, father. If you just put hope TV into the app store, uh, Google or, uh, iPhone, you'll be able to find that and it's free download it and uh, you can see all these things you can even be and watch it live right now right on the app and ask questions right on the app so encourage you to do that okay so let's focus on advent huh now advent of course is a part of the church we have done it you know throughout the centuries uh, in the third and fourth century it was more of a uh, preparation for uh, fasting and prayer, but preparation for the catechumens who would be brought in on either the baptism of Jesus or the epiphany. 
So it wasn't, you know, they just didn't uh, do it like we do now once a year during the Easter season. But also they would baptize during, on the festival of uh, the birth of Jesus, the, the baptism, I mean the baptism of Jesus, or the nativity, I mean, or the epiphany. So that was in the 4th or 5th century. And so it was a more of a, a baptismal preparation. Uh, and then it became more, at first, more of, uh, like in the 4th century, became more of um, for the second coming of Christ. It wasn't, uh, again, like I always say, when I was in seminary, I'd always put the nativity set out in Advent and uh, with Jesus in the manger. And they would always, the... We'd, uh, the liturgy uh, people that would go, and it's funny that I'm the one that went to get a degree in liturgy, but they'd always say, Jesus isn't boring yet. You can't put him in the, the, the nativity set until Christmas. And I said, Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. I'm not pretending. huh? And again, that's not what this is about. Advent is not pretending that Jesus Christ hasn't been born. It's a, uh, it was the, Oh, and it still is an anticipation of Jesus coming back again. You know, we say it every week, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And Advent is a preparation for that second coming. And then later on, the sixth century, it became more, uh, adopted more of a preparation for Christmas. But I'm telling you the history of it. So just to make sure everybody knows, this isn't just a way we prepare for Christmas. You know, it isn't just that. It's, it's much more. And uh, I think when we put that all in context, it helps us to enjoy the season more because we're not pretending that Jesus is going to be born. He was born 2,000 years ago. Now, what he needs to do truly is be born in our hearts. And for some of us, he has been. For others of us, he has not. Again, just because you go to Mass every day or whatever doesn't make Christ truly being born in you because we have to have the faith and we have to fully surrender our hearts and our lives to him. That's why, you know, at every Christmas at my parish at the Masses, we always at uh, after communion, we always allow people to surrender their hearts to Jesus um, for the first time or for the hundredth time, whatever it is. Uh, we go over and I kneel in front of the nativity set, which again, if you've never been to my parish in Erie, I encourage you to come, especially after Christmas, for those uh, two weeks or th whatever days uh, after Christmas when we have the nativity set out. The nativity set is from Oberammergau, it's a beautiful set. And uh, yeah, Mary holds Jesus in her lap. Uh, it's beautiful. So encourage you, if you're in the area area or if you're passing through, to stop by and see our nativity scene. But we commit or recommit our lives to Jesus, uh, the bread of life, every uh, Christmas. And we do that. Of course, every time you go to Mass, there is a altar call. You know, often with our Protestant brothers and sisters, they have altar calls with no altar. <laughs> so we have an altar call with a true altar where Christ gives his very life and makes himself present. So we allow, ask him to be born in our hearts and our lives. And for me, it's just, Lord, you need to be born more and more in my life because it's, uh, 
you know, the beautiful thing of St. John the Baptist, he must increase, I, he must increase, I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. It's got to be our constant prayer so that Jesus is born more and more and more and more in our, my, our lives, all of our lives. And so when people look at us, they don't see us. They see less of us and more of Jesus. That's all part of what this Advent season is about. And so, like I, my classmate father, Michael Kosecki, uh, who's much smarter than I am uh, by far, um, he did a talk over at another parish this uh, past week on Tuesday night on the, uh, on Advent. And I said, so what are you going to talk about for uh, uh, Advent? And he goes, well, we have to go to Isaiah. We have to go to Isaiah. And uh, I'm going to talk about Isaiah, Isaiah. And I heard uh, Bishop Barron is doing the same thing, going to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. I want to focus on Mary, the Blessed Mother. And I want to focus on John the Baptist. These are two big Advent people. Um, they come up um, in all the readings. And uh, first we begin, as I already did, with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was always looking, always looking for Jesus. And I often have wondered, you know, we had to know him because he was his cousin and he was the first to acknowledge him in the womb uh, when he leaped in the womb of his mother and uh, just leaped in the womb of his mother when she he saw when Mary came and Jesus was in the womb of Mary. And so the first thing that we always got to be doing is just be looking for Jesus. And for John the Baptist to first see him or become aware of him while he was in Elizabeth's womb, is a fantastic reality because it talks a lot about you know um, I was listening to uh, the Christmas the, I listened to the Christian Christmas uh, station on uh, Sirius XM the spirit one and so and you know the one thing of uh, casting crowns which if you ever listen to a lot of their lyrics of their songs are just so beautiful and it talks about you know Bethlehem um, they were sleeping, you were sleeping when the Savior came. And then it says, United States of America, do you recognize uh, the, the Christ that's living, the Christ that's being born, or are we sleeping? We are the people who want to save the trees and kill the babies. And I just think, what a line that is. And I'm wondering, you know, all the people who call themselves Christian and there's pastors out there and different things that are not pro-life you know that they and if anything John the Baptist kicking in the womb of Elizabeth when Jesus comes is one of the greatest signs about the life that is inside of us not me but women when they are pregnant the beauty of that the glory of that and to kill that you know, to kill that which is to be born is to kill a life that can change the world. Huh? And when society has become so caught up in a woman's right to choose, which is, of course, always her right to choose, but when she chooses to kill a baby, 
that's one of the worst things anyone can ever do. Now, there's great mercy for that, and where, where we put a period, God puts a comma. God takes that child to himself. But we got to just remember, part of anticipating and preparing is to recognize Jesus when he comes. And so whenever he says, whatever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do unto me, and when we focus on the reality of Jesus in the womb, so all the wombs where Christ is in throughout the world and all the mothers throughout the world that abort their babies, abort Christ, huh? all the potential that God had for them because God wouldn't give life to anyone who he did not want to exist. And when we kill that life, we close the plan of God for that individual. That's why there's such pain in that. And it's such a lie when people say nothing happens when a person gets an abortion. And that isn't, that's not the point of this particular meditation. But it's something that we do got to look at. That do we recognize Christ when he comes to us in the womb of a woman who is pregnant? Do we recognize Christ when he comes to us when people who, whether, um, you know, the poor or the distressed or the people that we don't agree with? You know, again, I have focused more and more because I heard this past year someone uh, say that too often Christians today, we hang around the people Jesus avoided and uh, we avoid the people Jesus was drawn to. Hmm. Jesus was drawn to sinners. Is there any other way to look at that? So do we see his presence in sinners around us or do we judge the sinners around us? Do we, in our daily life, always are we looking for Jesus? And how, and sometimes he comes to us in distressing ways. But do we recognize him? Do we recognize him in people we don't agree with? Do we recognize him in people that are harsh to us? Do we recognize him in people that hurt us? Do we recognize him in people that are different uh, denominations than we are? Do we recognize him in people who are different, Paul, uh, have different uh, politics than we do? There is such hate in Christianity today. Sometimes I'm embarrassed that... Uh, we fight, you know, and so, and I do it too. I mean, gosh, who am I to sit there and call out everybody else and not call out myself? But that's not God's will for us. You know, when we fight with one another uh, as Christians, that is never God's will, huh? And yet, there are people that love to do it. You know, there are people that sit there and think, oh, this is what God wants me to do, okay? He wants us to be one. That was his last prayer. Uh, that was his explicit thing. May they be one. That's what Jesus Christ wills. And so we got to do everything for unity, not do everything to create more division amongst us. So do we see Jesus in the people we don't agree with? Do we love Jesus in the people we don't agree with? Because that's part of what Advent needs to be, that we have to ask the Lord to open our eyes to see Jesus. Because if not, then when Jesus does come, whether it's in Bethlehem, whether it's tomorrow, whether he comes in the poor, whether he comes in person you don't agree with, whether he comes when he comes to call you home and me home, 
we may not recognize him the way many of the Jews failed to recognize him in Bethlehem. Remember, the first ones to come were the shepherds who were outcasts from the Jews and the kings who weren't Jews at all, but Gentiles. And so we just got to make sure that uh, we have eyes that see and are always looking for Jesus in our daily life. The first part of St. John the Baptist. The second part of John the Baptist we've already talked about when he says he must increase and I must decrease. When John says that, that means he has the humility to put other people in front of him. And John could be very uh, harsh, could he not? <laughs> you know, it was, he, he would speak truth, huh? But he also, it's great because if you're going to speak truth like that, you must have great humility. And John had great humility. He was willing to hand everything over to Jesus, and he prayed that. He must increase, I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. So as we prepare in Advent for Christmas and for the second coming and for in Christ comes to us in many ways, we must have the humility of Mary, which we'll move on to in a bit, of, uh, and of John the Baptist, so that we will not miss Jesus. I think what makes us miss Jesus, me too, is a lack of humility. Because instead of thinking everybody is better than us, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, right? Um, you all remember that. I've talked about it before. But let me, let me just go back to that for a second to put this in the context of John the Baptist. But in Philippians chapter 2, uh, you know, it's the, the, the beautiful, um, I'm sorry, the Bible's falling apart. Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Never act out of rivalry or conceit. Rather, let all parties think humbly of others as superior to themselves. Never act out of rivalry or conceit. Rather, let all parties think humbly of others as superior to themselves. Now, even as I say this, I know I don't live this, please. You know, so before you, again, I just, I love to anticipate when, those, I don't think you live that, Father. I agree, but that isn't the point. The point is, is this what Jesus is calling us to? And the point is, yes, for me and for you. So we got to keep trying. We got to keep thinking of other people who are better than me, right? Uh, and not just say that in false humility, but in truth. So if I think that someone is better than me, I don't have the room to judge them. I don't have the room to fight with them. I don't have the room to uh, do whatever because they're superior to me. Hmm? And so that's an important reality that we think that, that we know that, and that'll help us. So the first thing we need to pray for during Advent is eyes to see Jesus. The second thing we need to pray for is the humility to see Jesus and accept Jesus when he comes. It's so important. You know, so John the Baptist could be the first one to recognize Christ, besides Mary, of course, because of his humility, even in the womb of Elizabeth. That's why, again, St. Augustine says, 
the three greatest virtues is humility, humility, and humility. And again, humility isn't, I'm no good, I'm no good, please. Humility is truth. So I'm beloved to the Father, but those other people, instead of me always thinking that they're no good and they're not true Christians and they're not uh, good people, that I am more like, neither am I. Hmm. Neither am I. And who am I? So to have the attitude of uh, Christ, as we see in Philippians, but that is humility. Thinking of others, and then it says in verse 4, each of you looking to others' interests rather than your own. Um, so often, even in apologetics, sometimes in apologetics, which is in explaining the faith or defending the faith, instead of explaining it to a brother or sister that's separated from us and with great love, we sometimes want to defend the faith to show that we're right and everybody else is wrong. Now, that isn't humility. You got it? That isn't what God's calling us to. So, again, as we're in Advent, we pray for eyes to see Jesus no matter when or how he comes to us. And we pray for the humility to accept Jesus when he comes to us, okay? Now, let's go to Mary. You know, we started years ago a uh, women's conference in the diocese. And uh, so I was part of the beginning. And so when I started the men's conference, we sat there and we called it 2232 men, which was the scripture verse, Luke chapter 22, verse 32. It says, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have returned, you will strengthen your brothers. And so when we started the women's, I wanted to do the same type thing. So we went with 138 women. And again, we go to Luke's gospel, chapter one, verse 38. This is arguably one of the most important um, sentences ever uttered in all of salvation history. Why? Because Luke chapter 1, verse 38, is Mary's yes, her fiat to the will of the Father. Huh? When she says, Luke chapter 1, verse 38, let it be done to me as you say. We got to remember that one of the greatest gifts God has given all of us is free will. God doesn't impose anything on us. God didn't impose on Mary that, okay, I created you, I uh, cleansed you, now you must say yes to my request. She still was free, and in her freedom, she surrendered her will to the will of the Father. And that must be what we do. Huh? Today, if you went to daily Mass, or if you listen to me today, this morning at Mass, I talked about the Burger King theology when I was a young priest. It used to have, remember, the Burger King commercial used to say, have it your way, have it your way, have it your way. And that has implemented, uh, deeply got into the church. Huh? Um, and people want it their way. Instead of becoming a member of a community, they look at the church as a country club. Do as I want. Give me what I want. If I don't like you or you're not teaching me what I want to hear, I'm going over to another country club because they'll do what I want. Huh? Like the other day, if you watch Daily Mass, I went in one of my, uh, I went off in one of my anger streaks at the end of Mass because. Uh, there, uh, there's been a person, and it's happened throughout the years, it's just different people that do it, that waits, comes in mass late, uh, 
waits in the vestibule, sometimes he'll come walking in and kneel during consecration, comes up for communion, and then walks out the door. Well, no. You know, that we're, we're not getting a vitamin pill Jesus. We have to go, you know, the teaching of the church was you have to be there at least by the gospel uh, to hear the gospel because it's the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. If, if it wasn't that, we could just give out Jesus all the time. Let's, let's, okay, I'll, just, I'll be there at seven o'clock. I'll hand out Jesus. Everybody come in. I'll give you Jesus and you walk out. That's all about me. It's having it my way. The only thing I want, Father, is my Jesus. I need Jesus. Yeah, we all need Jesus. But the reason we go to daily mass or mass is so we can be united with Jesus, but then we can get our marching orders from the day. What do you want? And so today in the gospel, Jesus talks about uh, the need to do the will of the Father, right? Was that not the gospel that we need to do the will of the Father? You know, he says, not everyone Matthew's gospel, not everyone who cries out, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. You hear this? Jesus is saying, not everyone who cries out, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. And how many people cry out, Lord, Lord, I need you. Lord, Lord, I want you. Lord, Lord, take care of my knees. Lord, Lord, give me strength. Lord, Lord, I want you in the Eucharist. Lord, Lord, it's me, 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 me. And he says, not everyone who cries out, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. But who will enter the kingdom? but only those who do the will of my Father. Huh? So when I talk about the purpose of our life is to do the will of God, that's what Jesus said. And that's what Mary did. Jesus said it, Mary did it. Let it be done to me. Now, her let it be done to me, her fiat, as it is in a Latin, F-I-A-T, is not a like the Islam has, okay, if God wills it, he wills it. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about at all. It isn't this like uh, surrender of like defeat. It's the exact opposite of a surrender of defeat. It's a surrender of, I want your will more than I want my next breath. That's the fiat. That got to be the way we live our daily life. That got to be the way we prepare for Christmas. We are not waiting for Jesus to be born again. We're waiting for you and me to let us say yes to the will of God and bring forth Christ into the world through us and in us. When Mary said yes to God's will, she brought salvation to the world. She brought Jesus, the Christ, the King, the God of the universe into the world by her saying yes as opposed to Eve saying no to God's will. She wanted it her way. She wanted to eat of the fruit because the devil said, you want to be like God. You get to make your own decisions. You get to determine what's right and what's wrong. And society lives for this. I make my decisions. I am free. I decide what's right and wrong. No, you don't. God decides what's right and wrong. We either obey or disobey. So here is Mary, and it must be for us that she said yes to God's will. And so, again, we were going back and forth about what it should be for us, at, uh, for the women. And I, uh, some people said, uh, gave different ways of saying that. I said, no, no, I said, we should say yes. Say yes, say yes, say yes. That every day say yes, say yes. Because when Eve said no, she brought death to the world, to her family, to herself. 
we still do this today. When we say no to God's holy will, we bring death to ourselves, to our family, and to the world. When we say yes to God's will, we say yes and we bring salvation to ourselves, to our family, and to the world. So again, as we prepare and we're in the midst of Advent, we need to be saying yes to God's will every day. You see, sometimes the purpose of all liturgical celebrations are to change the way we live, not just pretend, like every year we do the cycle, right? So we begin with the preparation of Christ, Christ is born, then we go to Easter and Christ dies, and then we have Christ the King last week, and we focus on the power of uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we focus on Christ is King of the universe, and, da, 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 da. and we do it again the next year, and we do it again the next year, and we do it again next year. I've done it for 62 years now, right? But that isn't the purpose of it. We're not just about rituals for ritual's sake. We're about rituals so that our lives can change. The rituals are supposed to teach us something. So the ritual of Advent is, again, so we can see Jesus when he comes, so we can have the humility to accept him when he comes. And then when we see his Mary, we need to say yes to God's will. Again, the only purpose of our life should be to say yes to God's will. Every day, say yes to God's will. Well, how do you do that, Father? Well, first of all, in your prayer, you must listen to God. It's so important because, again, it's sometimes people's whole spirituality is just saying prayers of somebody else, which is okay, but it's not enough because every day you and I go to pray, what does God want to say to me? And what does he want of me today? So I got to have a listening heart. The ideal time for that to do that is in the morning. If you can't, or something else happens, then you do it later in the day. This morning I got up late. I didn't do my whole yard. I will, yesterday I did get up right early and did my whole yard. The day I did not because I went to bed late. And when I go to bed late, it messes up my whole uh, routine. So, but I will do it later on. But I still encountered Jesus. I still went and prayed, of course. I just didn't do my whole hour. But I still said, your will be done today to me, Lord. But I didn't listen long enough for him to tell me what he wanted. And that's a sad occasion for me. But I still got to do it today. And then tonight, I'll do my holy hour from three to four in the morning. And um, again in that hour, in front of the most uh, blessed sacrament and the monstrance, again, Lord, what do you want of me? Uh, what's your will for me to say yes to? And again, when I do that, then I can bring salvation to my people and the parish. If I don't do that, then I can bring all kinds of destruction to my people and the parish. So it's just very important that Mary, the greatest sentence ever uttered before Christ, because Christ said, uh, thy will be done to the Father, and he died. But Mary had to say yes for salvation to be born. And so as we are in this Advent season, we need to constantly say yes. We just don't get caught up into Advent. It prepares us how to live life every day. We don't just play games and not put Jesus in the manger until Christmas Day because he wasn't born yet. He was born 2,000 years ago. The question is, do we recognize him when he comes today? Do we recognize him 
And do we say yes to the Father's will? Do I exist to do my Father's will? And again, it doesn't mean we do that easily. Jesus, when he said, thy will be done, went to the cross. But he still wanted the Father's will. And when he said yes to that, he brought salvation and life to all of us. We gotta say yes. That's what Advent is about. Say yes with Mary to God's holy will. You got it? You get it? Are you gonna do it? <laughs> you better. May she know his love today and forever. Amen. Okay, so, and again, we'll do a little bit of that tonight. We'll do it to women, but I'll focus tonight more on Mary than I did today. There's a lot more to say about Mary, but, um, you know, so encourage you to come tonight. Okay, let's get in here and start asking questions. We just have one, just one, people, uh, question again you can go online because a lot of you aren't watching this live you know we have like um how many people we have 80 of you watching live but before uh you know in the next week or so it'll be like a thousand more people at least a thousand more people so if you're watching this not live you can ask me questions for next week all you got to do is go to the reason for our hope foundation um and uh, again, all you have to do is t put in Google Father Larry Richards and my foundation's gonna come up and just uh, ask any question you have um, in an email and just put on the, the, what it's about, just put podcast question and then I'll get it. They'll print it out like this. And if you want anonymous, you can do that. Like that's what they did here. They says anonymous, anonymous. So you scratch dot everything so even I wouldn't know. Isn't that nice? So you can do it totally anonymously, but I encourage you. The reason I'm doing this is so you can also ask questions. Greetings, Father Larry Richards. I just want to say what a blessing you are towards the youth and towards the listeners of Spirit Catholic Radio in the state of Nebraska and abroad. I wish I could deal more with youth. You know, um, people are just thinking, you know, youth don't want to listen to a gray-haired gray old man. And I might be gray-haired, but I'm not old. I can still... Uh, challenge kids. I'm going through some anger issues that I believe I can't control. Since you have a history of being angry, moi, I was wondering if you would have any advice to remediate my anger issues. Again, of course, I've been, my counselor is uh, uh, away today, so I won't be able to see him. Uh, I haven't seen him either in the last three weeks. But anyway, uh, anger is always never the problem, it's a symptom. The problem is deeper. It's usually. Um, can be more in these things, but primarily these two things are either afraid, fear, or hurt. And that's the way we protect ourselves. And so anger is a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of strength. Usually, anyway, there are times it can be if you're righteously anger uh, uh, for other people who are getting hurt. But normally it's afraid that we're getting hurt and so we lash out or we're losing control, fear. And so we lash out. So you have to ask Jesus to heal. Because, first of all, let you be able to see what in you is hurting or what is in you that is afraid. And that, again, takes humility. And then you ask God uh, to heal that. And then the anger will become less. Again, your anger is never, ever going to just totally go away. 
I wish it could. I wish there was a button I could push or a switch I could make in my life that I wouldn't get angry. But again, I get angry over the stupidest things sometimes. You know, if I'm doing one thing and I'm walking in a direction and someone comes in this way, then I always get like, oh, what, what, what? Like I always say, I hate surprises and God is a God of surprises. I don't know if we, you knew that, but he is. And so he's always uh, surprising me and always gets me uh, angry. And the reason is, you know, and dealing with this all these years, is that I lose control, huh? That, um, you know, I'm, I'm in control and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'm doing or if I'm going to uh, do something, so I'm in control right now. And then all of a sudden something comes from the side and it, it takes me out of control, huh? So there's that fear there. Um, it isn't a hurt normally for me. Sometimes it is. Uh, but normally out of me, it's acting out of fear. So you got to ask what they are, come to try to find out where it comes from, what is your anger protecting, and then ask the Lord to heal that, and then anger will become less. Okay, let's go on to the things. Hi, Harry, I never did think much about Burger King. I was more of a wimpy, uh, I was more a wimpy of KFC sort of guy. (laughs) There you go. They have... uh, yeah, when I was in, the uh, last time I was in Ireland, I was in Dublin. I was staying with the Carmelites in Dublin. Um, I think it was Dublin. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, Dublin. I was staying with the Carmelites in their monastery, and uh, I missed dinner. And so I had to walk down the road, and the closest thing down there was a Burger King. So I ate Burger King hamburger in Ireland. It wasn't very Irish, but anyway... Afternoon, do you have any recommendation directions to authors develop a more contemplative prayer life? Books by Donald Haggerty from, uh, Father Donald Haggerty from St. Pat's Cathedral in New York City or Thomas Merton or Teresa Avila. Again, I think anything that's going to help you to enter into contemplation, the best thing, honestly, would be something, you know, something as, something as uh, from Ignatius of Loyola because he's the one that really taught contemplative prayer and how for lay people to do it. You know, Teresa Avila does fantastic stuff, but her stuff's very deep, huh? You know, and um, it can help, but uh, the Jesuits, you know, the best thing to do is go on a five-day retreat. There's Jesuit places all over the country and to go on a directed retreat, and they will help you. Uh, and you can, there are directed retreats you can do online too. Because you know, again, the best place for contemplation isn't in a book. You know, I had uh, one of my spiritual directees left me because every day I would just sit there and uh, push him to find out God's will and go to scripture. And then um, someone in his family was wondering, would you get anything out of that? And so he, out of the blue, he came and says, I think we're done. Okay. But my biggest thing is you need to go and enter in to what God is saying to us. And the, the number one God, way God speaks to us is in his word. So to enter into scripture and to meditate on it every day. You know, and so Ignatius gives ways that, you know, and always goes back to the, the boat when you're at the storm and Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Okay, so you can... 
fo- focus on and meditate. What if you were Jesus? Why are you asleep and everybody's going crazy? What does it want to be Peter now? And Peter's looking at Jesus and doesn't even think that Jesus cares and he cries out, don't you care? You know, what if you are the boat? What if you are the waves? What if you are the storm? And to enter in and meditate on each of those things with Jesus. You know, and what's going on in your life? What storm are you battling? And knowing that Christ is there in your life and to recognize him. Those are the biggest things to... Scripture is the best place to do contemplation. And so, uh, and again, you can just go online and uh, there's a lot of those stuff out. You can do one of those retreats, a five-day or a 30-day even, uh, online. But it's best if you can go to a retreat center to do that. So someone can just teach you and walk you through it. I am a big one on people going on retreat. Think about how many of you now that are watching this have never been on a retreat? And God wants to tell you so much. And if you go on retreat, you can listen. Um, That's why I have my DME retreats here so that uh, young people and different things, they spend three days with Jesus. And it changes their lives because whenever you spend time with Jesus, that's and that's the whole point when you enter into intimacy, relationship with him, then your life changes. It proves it because now you're in intimacy and you're in a relationship with Jesus. And the only way to do that is by spending time. So I don't know of any like uh, books that I could tell you to do, but scripture would be the best thing. Father... You may be aware tomorrow parishioner Steve LeJohn retires. I didn't know tomorrow was like, I thought it was like forever ago. With four decades service of Mergicare. That's a job well done. Good and faithful servant. Thank you, Steve. Steve's a fantastic guy. I cannot believe he's retiring. These guys that are retiring, they're all too young if you ask me, but congratulations, Steve. Um, can you please explain the relationship between Adam and Jesus? Also, when God says that Eve's offspring will attack the head of the serpent. Is that a reference to the coming of Jesus? Yes. Jesus is the new Adam. The same thing that it was Adam that brought sin and death into the world and Jesus who brought eternal life into the world. He ate from the tree. Uh, Adam did and uh, brought death to the world and Jesus hung on the tree and brought life to the world. And when it was the serpent, you know, you often see the statues of the Blessed Mother stepping on the head of Satan on the miraculous metal type statue or the uh, Our Lady of Grace statue. And uh, it was a misinterpretation of scripture because they, they thought it said, and her and she will stamp on your head, but it's her offspring, which is Jesus. You know, but again, it's through Mary too. So that's why you can still see that uh, Mary stamping because it's through her offspring, but it's her offspring, Jesus, who does that. So she does it too, but it's really Jesus, of course. Yes, good question. Um, Hi, Father Larry. Hi, Julia. I need to leave early, but we'll catch, watch the rest later in the day. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We did. How did Joe's DNA test turn out? Well, Joe's my dog, and I told you I gave him a DNA test, and so um, I will share. I have a little, you guys won't be able to see it, but it's here for me anyway for, uh, for me to look so I can always go back to it. But here is Joe's exact DNA. We detected nine breeds in Joe's DNA. 
but the top five breeds are 54, 4% Labrador Retriever, Black Lab, and that's what he mostly looks like, 12% German Shepherd Dog, 10% Golden Retriever, 10% Australian Shepherd, 4% Border Collie. So there's uh, four more in there, uh, which I never looked at. So um, he's getting big. I just weighed him today. He's 48 pounds, uh, eight months old. He's still growing. He hasn't grown into his paws yet. So um, that's the thing. So we'll see. And I'm coming out there, uh, Julie. Uh, I'm going to be out the, in January, the week of January 9th. So uh, we'll have to get together. You and your pagan husband. Oh, sorry, don't tell him I said that, but we'll see you then. Okay, jellyfish. Uh, Dear Father Larry, I prayed for you at the Holy Hour today. Please, an image of your face on Jesus' face was asked Jesus to bless you, and it was powerful. Please, that's what I need more than anything is the blessing of Jesus that, you know, that I can do God's will. Every time everybody comes to me and says, what can I pray for you, Father, for? And I say, pray that I always do God's will. And that's what I mean. Are you allowed to pray are you, to the Old Testament such as St. Daniel? Of course. If anyone's in the face of God, again, you're asking them to pray with you and to talk to them. Uh, I always talk, you know, and again, it's a matter of semantics, but I always like to talk about we only pray to God. Everybody else we have conversations with. But a prayer is conversation, but still. Okay. Good afternoon, Father Larry. Hi, Donna. Barbara, a question. A friend of mine was dying and her was and she was refusing last rites. What would happen if she does not receive last rites? Uh, I, we don't know, huh? Objectively, you can say if she refuses to repent, then she could go to hell forever. But so could any of us. Uh, but last rites are given by the church to uh, to uh, forgive us our sins, to give us a plenary indulgence at the moment of death, so we get to go right to heaven. So I would never refuse it. Um, but again, don't make a judgment about uh, where she's at because you have no idea what's going on inside of her. She might have been uh, abused by a priest and uh, just can't deal with it. There's, there's so much that goes on. And so often when we're looking at things from the outside, we make great judgments, but we have no idea what's going on in their, in their lives. We have no idea. So just pray for her. And I'd encourage you to pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet for her um, and put her name in it. So let's say her name was Sally. Because of a sorrowful passion, have mercy on Sally and on the whole world. Because of a sorrowful passion, have mercy on Sally and on the whole world. And you're begging the mercy that what God Jesus did on the cross, uh, his mercy and his blood would cover her, and that'd be one of the greatest things you could do for her. Hi, Father. I can't set up for a monthly donation. The system is asking for a zip code, even when I put an address in Canada. I can't go to the next page. I emailed for help, but no response yet since last week. Well, Joy, we'll make sure that Mo and my people get on that immediately. Um, Joy, I don't know. They're usually very good about that, but uh, they're watching, so they will look up your name now and get back to you. So I don't know, or maybe they just don't know how to, how to do it with someone from Canada, but uh, we should have that. Um, so that's Joy. Uh, we'll get back to you. About women's veiling, Moses took out the veil when he went before the Lord. So wondering, where is the teaching about women veiling during Mass and adoration? Thanks. Well, it was suppressed by Vatican II. It's come back. 
uh, and it doesn't come from um, uh, the Old Testament. Well, it does have its origins in there, but Paul talks about it too. Uh, I don't know what scripture, but it talks about a woman having her head covered. And again, men would cover their uh, heads as a sign of humility with the prayer shawl um, to do that. And again, some of my people at my parish do it, and I let them because that's a sign of their humility, but uh, I don't let them do that in leadership. So you can't be singing and doing it or reading and doing it because it's not the, the teaching of the church. You know, and so it's not the practice of the church. It used to be the practice of the church. It's kind of like when people come up and they're used to uh, going to the Latin Mass and they won't say amen during communion. And I'm saying you must say that because the church says it's so important. I don't make an act of faith for you. You must make your own act of faith. It's not my job to do it for you. I am not Christ. I become Christ at the Eucharist, but I bring forth Christ later, and I sit there and I say the body of Christ, you must say amen. You must make that act of faith. And some people say, well, I, ah, the teaching of the church is what we're going for now, not what people want in their practice. Now, again, so people can do that, and it's coming more and more popular now, but it's still not the teaching of the church. It's an old practice that has been brought in and people are using. But again, I have no problem with it, but I just want to make people to make sure that they know that that's not the teaching of the church right now, okay? And again, they can say, well, it was for a thousand years, and then I can say, yes, but a thousand years before that, it was not. It was a practice that came in later. And again, there's a lot of stuff on there. You can read about it online. I find that I get very distracted in prayer, but I feel I can focus more if I do such a thing as saying the rosary while driving. Does the rosary still have Mary? You can, of course. I pray all the time when I'm driving because I drive so much. You know, of course, anytime. You should be praying always so you can say, but make sure you're meditating while you're praying. That's too. Does the Christmas season end with candle mass February 2nd? Uh, uh, you can, but usually uh, Christmas season of officially ends at the epiphany no at the baptism of the lord is when it officially ends now in rome they keep the uh crush up till february 2nd the presentation um and i'd love to do that in my parish because i just love our nativity set but uh, liturgically it ends on the um the baptism of the lord okay uh, Ryan, family law, you pagan. Thanks for pointing out those awesome lyrics. Hope you and Joe are doing well. You got it, Ryan, family law. That picture must be like about uh, 30 years old, uh, 30 years ago, was it there, Paul? I'm sorry, that's terrible to say. Where is the line between someone who is depressed and hopeless and someone who is focusing too much on themselves? Um, I don't know. Uh, I can't say that for a particular person. But someone that's uh, just depressed in that, it, the devil loves to keep us focused on ourselves. So again, the best way to deal with that is to just uh, say pr little prayers, you know, uh, the, Jesus, I trust in you. 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 And so you're now focusing on Jesus. And I just think any time that we get focused on self, we always got to ask the Lord to deliver us from self and to focus on Jesus. The focus on Jesus, the focus on Jesus. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. I thought Fiat was a small Italian car. I guess I need to spend more time in study. It's also a, uh, a small Italian car. What does your sweatshirt say? I was sorry. It says, got Mary. And then in the back, 
it's she got your back, you know, and uh, you can find these at gotmary.com or just put got Mary and uh, Kurt Redinger is a good friend of mine out in San Diego, California, and he uh, makes these things and they also have got mercy. Uh, they have one on St. Michael, the archangel. Um, there's a bunch of different sweatshirts and t-shirts and that there, but it's just, just go to got Mary. G-O-T-M-A-R-Y, and you're going to come to their website. Got Mary. Yes. I listen to your daily mass in the morning from San Angelo, Texas. Thank you. Um, thanks to you and your team for making the gospel and Eucharist always accessible via the platform. Thank you, Jose. I plan, I pray for you often, for gifting me and my family at daily mass. Thank you. That's what I need. Any Texas dates? I am going to be in Texas so much in the next months. It's uh, ridiculous. Uh, I go to, um, I'm going to Texas. Well, I go to Phoenix, first of all, in February, the first weekend of February. And then that next weekend, I am going to be um, conference. And then, okay, where am I? And then the next day, one night talk in R-O-W-E-N-A, Texas, Rowena, Texas. And then I'm going to be in Victoria, Texas. But all this is on my website. So if you go to my website, you'll be able to see all the times I'm going to be out in Texas uh, this year. But I'm going to be out in Texas a lot. I was looking at my calendar. Oh, Texas there. Oh, uh, parish mission oh talk so uh, i'll be out in texas but texas is a big state as we all know so but you'll be able to uh, see if i'm going to be anywhere close to you um we can i will contact you see mo says that she's going to make sure that uh, you get contacted joy so she will make sure she does that honey tonk I've been reading the Bible before breakfast in bed. I try to put myself in God's presence and open to a random New Testament scripture. Sometimes it speaks to me, sometimes not. What do you suggest? Keep reading. Don't just, uh, uh, you know, open the Bible. And so, bam, okay. And it says the sentence of death. Now on that occasion, on the feast of the governor was accused to release the crowd. So Jesus is sentenced to death. Well, what's that saying to me? Uh, am I being sentenced to death? No, you keep reading. And then as you keep reading, um, let his blood be upon us and our children, which is a big thing. Let his blood be upon us. For them, it became a curse, but for us, it becomes a blessing. We're covered in the blood of Jesus. So to spend time in the blood, but you don't spend, you keep reading until God takes a two by four and whacks you over the head. And then write it down and spend time with God all day with them. Um, Pagan, huh? We are looking forward to having you out here on January 9th. That week, I won't be on January 9th. The Seth. Get here on a Friday or Saturday, and we can go out to Monster Truck Rally. <laughs> I don't know if I went. I wouldn't do a Monster Truck Rally. That does not interest me at all. What the heck? 55% lab, lots of good doggies following in Joe's bloodstream. You got that? And uh, they live longer, mutts do. Chris Walker, hi, Father Larry. Due to work, just started watching now. It was great attending Mass with you. It was good seeing you and your family this past weekend uh, at the parish, Chris, as always. I love your sweatshirt I have to, and a T-shirt. I love wearing it. Uh, did your parish sell all those excess laptops? We did. We sold the last two today. So, nice. 30 minutes from here. Well, good, Jose. Make sure you say hello to me when I come out there. Um, 
I'll be driving out from, uh, I'm going to have to be in Waco, but it's a, a, a leadership board meeting. Um, I'll get there Saturday afternoon, which I'm supposed to be there Friday night, but I'm doing that talk in Phoenix. And then um, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday in Waco. And then I will uh, go to Rwanda or whatever, Rwanda, whatever it is out there. And I think I'm going to be there one or two uh, days um, for some talks, and then we'll go from there. Also, is it wrong to read from the Gideon's Bible? Of course not. I, I read from the Gideon's Bible, but the font is too small. Yeah, and again, I always encourage you to get, uh, this is the Catholic Bible, and the reason the Gideon Bible, which is fine, it just doesn't have all the books. We have seven more books in the Old Testament than the Protestants do. So the New American Bible for Catholics is the one that, uh, that we, that we uh, one that the... Um, Catholic Church puts out, the bishops of the United States put out. You can get this in large uh, type in that too, but it ha excuse me, it has all the books in that. And so, fantastic. So, thanks for being with me today. Our time is ended. So, uh, again, I pray for you. I love you. Uh, and I ask you to please pray for me. And again, pray that I'm always doing God's will when I get out of the way. Um, because again, we all know what an ego I have, and it's hard. Uh, but that's the most important thing that I can do is get out of the way and let God take over. So praying for you to do the same. Have a blessed Advent, and we will see you next week, God willing. I got to do my outro here. See you.